Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I'm so excited to be back here with you guys today. I'm by myself again. Um, I have somebody actually that reached out to me about coming on the podcast. I'm really excited about her. So maybe I'll have a guest on maybe next week or the week after that. But until then, it's just me. Um, And I wanted to talk to you guys today about something important that kind of fits in with that topic. Because, you know, when I started bringing guests on the podcast, I was really excited about that. And I had a lot of people that were reaching out to me right away like hey I really want to be on your podcast and I was like great let's let's do this and what happened was I I just I ran out of time like I don't have I don't actively seek out guests for the podcast so if you guys want to be on the show like please please reach out to me um I don't have the available time in my in my life with everything that I'm doing to reach out to guests regularly and try to plan those sorts of things so there was a a point where it hit a lull and I thought to myself oh well is it going to look weird if I start showing up by myself again? Because I've already sort of transitioned over to interviews and now I'm, you know, not doing those. So is that something that is going to look like a failure to people? And I realized as I was thinking about it, no, like it's not really because the, the episodes that I get the most compliments on, believe it or not, are the ones where I'm just sitting here doing this, like shooting the shit with you guys. Like I love interviews and interviews are great and I love to bring people's voices. Like I have a very powerful in my opinion and I'm not trying to not be humble here but I I think I have a voice that carries and I love to be able to give a space a container for people to do the same thing like that that really is important to me so I I love bringing people on the show to be able to do just that and that is something that was a goal but if I don't have people I still want to be here like using my voice I don't I don't think that that is a requirement so I went in a direction and now that I'm here, you know, it felt a little weird to be able to come back and say, oh, well, now I'm doing this again. And I was thinking about why. And it really is in alignment with this idea of failure. Uh, failure. Like we start something and then we think, oh, well, I started this. So if I go backwards, that's got to be failure. And that should be like avoided at all costs. That is just not the case. I can't tell you guys how much that is not the case. But I kept my life standing still for a really long time because I was afraid of that very thing. Just this idea that something either wasn't going to work or wasn't going to be able to be sustained. And when you think about it, you see a lot of people in situations. My mentor, Ash Amberjay, I, I interviewed her on the podcast Um a while ago now but she talked about in one of her emails this concept of sunk costs and that is so right and in why a lot of people don't end things that should end 
like bad marriages, for example, or for me, it was my abusive job. Like it was the sunk cost of the time that I put in, the emotion, the effort. I I put it in for so long, I couldn't tell you. And I never ended a situation that should have ended so long before it actually did. I'm going to tell you guys the story of that. And I'm going to try to reframe a little bit because I'm in a new situation now and I I think that the best way to for me to share things with you guys is just to tell you what I'm going through and what's happening in my life and maybe you'll resonate with some of this and maybe you won't and if you don't cool but I want to kind of put a new spin on failure because people are really terrified of failure like they're just so terrified of it um so that's that's what this this week's episode is about and I'm going to tell you, like, my tone is a little strange because it's not like me to not be so loud on Instagram. I haven't posted on Instagram in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to get into all of that. All right, so let's talk about, first let's talk about my abusive job. So I was at an abusive job for 12 years, and it wasn't abusive for the first two. So this was uh, a job. I worked in Times Square at a restaurant. It was fine. And everything was great and I worked with these really great people and I learned a lot. Actually, a lot of the the skills that I use in my coaching, I learned from there because they had this really amazing training program and I and I became a, a trainer in this program really, really quickly and I learned a lot about how people learn and receive information and I was, you know, training employees and then I was doing a lot of admin stuff with training people but I was also working with the public and it was a service job and, you know, I have I have strong ties to service jobs but you know, in the, in the beginning, I had a little bit of um, resistance because the people in my family really don't respect service jobs, which is something that is not their fault. They just are like most of society where we think we look down on service jobs. But uh, because of that, I, I thought that this made me less. So there was always a little bit of that. But it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was going to keep me away from doing that. I actually grew to really love the job and it was wonderful. And then this really awful corporation took over and used little man like tactics to just intimidate the hell out of every single person. I mean, to an unhealthy level. It was just micromanagerial little man bullshit. And it just went on. But at this point, I'd already put in like two years and I was comfortable. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with this. And I'll, and I'll be outwardly upset about it, but I'll just deal with it. And it, it became a situation where it was like the frog boiling in the water that I mentioned in the last episode. Like you don't realize how bad things get. But over the course of the next 10 years, yes, 10 years, I stayed 10 additional years at this place. I watched as things got from bad to worse to way worse to oh my god we're all traumatized and this you guys are going to probably think Andy shut up like what is this it it can't be that bad it was that bad it was that bad but the sunk costs were real and I had put in so much time time that I almost felt this guilt over leaving and I didn't just feel I didn't care about my employer like I didn't give two fucking shits but I cared about the people that were alongside of me because I believe in this concept and it it has not served me of the ride or die like the people that you are close with that you're in the trenches with are the people that you need to stand by no matter what and you shouldn't ever sway from that loyalty 
And that is something that I developed in my adolescence. I talked about this in an Instagram live this last week where I was talking about the fact that when I was an adolescent, I didn't have a lot of emotional support from my family members. They really were not emotionally supportive of me in many ways at all. They didn't understand me. Um, I, I had... I was very hard to handle and my emotional needs were not being met and I was so heavily armored up that I I ended up receiving all of the emotional needs that that I had. They were met by people outside of my home. So I spent a lot of nights at the Burger King and at the donut shop with a lot of people that also were not having their emotional needs met in their homes, which is why I have such a, a... big social circle and unfortunately why I've seen a lot of friends of mine really go through hard times because not everyone was as fortunate as I was and to have the kind of life that I have Um, and and some of that is privilege and some of that's intelligence and some of that is just dumb luck I mean but it really at but I was very loyal I was very loyal to those people I was so loyal I just had love for anyone that was willing to take care of me like during that time and friends were family and then friends stayed family. So as I was in this abusive job, I had a lot of friends at this abusive job and we were going through the experience together and we we were it was it meant a lot to me and we always would say you know this place is hell but I mean we all have each other and I met some of my best friends at this place. I mean I've also met you know people that I I just connected so well with and we we stayed that way for quite a while so I felt very guilty to walk away and I felt guilty but it wasn't serving me any longer and this concept of a ride or die is important to look at because when something's not serving you you why are you sacrificing yourself and is the loyalty worth it you know, and, and in that case, it wasn't. The loyalty wasn't worth it. And even though we had, in, and even though I also, going back to the concept of sunk costs, that wasn't worth it either. Like I had given this place a lot of time and a lot of care. And I had this noble intention to stick with the ship as long as it was still sailing. But it wasn't really that noble because it wasn't in alignment with my greatest and highest good. And I never paid attention to that. You know, I was just thinking about how much time I'd already put in and the people that were standing alongside of me. So that's why it took me so long. It took me so long to get out of that. And and that's how a lot of people are in relationships. That's how people are with friendships. I mean, friendships are, I, I still experience that. The ride or die concept with my friends, you know, I, I have this, this unwavering loyalty to my friends because I love them so much because I had such an, a need for people outside of my family home. And this is before I realized that everything that you really need you can find inside of you you know I I didn't always know that and now I know that but I had a want and a desire for people to be close to me in physical proximity to and to be able to feel things with so my, my friends were very important and as I started going down the road of personal development and I started working on myself my the, the self that's in, that gives me the things that I need I started noticing that the negative things that were easy to put up with before were not so easy to put up with um, now, 
they're just not so easy to put up with. So, you know, when I was, but when I hated myself, I did a lot of hating on other people. That was very easy to do. Like I used to shit on people that were doing things, people that were successful. And what all that really meant was that I had an insecurity with my own lack of success and my own lack of ambition and my own lack of motion. Like, I knew that was what it was, but it was funny to have a group of people where you could just be like, oh, yeah, this person, you know, it was funny to do that. It was funny to shit on other people, except that it wasn't. It was hateful. And and every time I did it, I would, I, I said in this Instagram live, I would never consider myself a mean girl. Like, I was never somebody that would shit on somebody for their hair, or their nails, or what they were wearing, because I don't really pay attention to that stuff. But I also don't have insecurities about my appearance, so that now I, as I think about it, right here with you all listening as we're doing this, <laughs> we're doing this together, I realize that that's why I was never really a mean girl. But I did have insecurity about my lack of motion, my lack of drive, my lack of success, my lack of trust in myself, and that's where the meanness would come out. And I'll tell you, like, I didn't feel great about it. But the thing that really got me was one time I have a a very good friend. She's wonderful. She's a runner. um, But she doesn't um, run straight, just run. She walk runs. And that works for her. And that's great. And whatever. I mean, that's what she does. But one time a friend of mine and I had made, you know, just in conversation, a nickname about her came out. And we laughed. It was funny. You know, whatever. But we kept using it. It didn't die in that one conversation. It continued to be used because you know, we were being elitist fucks about, about running and about walk running. And so that was, it was us being elitist and it was us being assholes. And she found out about it and it was extremely hurtful and damaging and shitty because I was hurtful and damaging and shitty. And I wasn't embarrassed that I got caught in doing it. I was embarrassed that I was such a fuck, that I had such insecurity because it was coming from me like am I just insecure about my own running abilities because now I'm not insecure about my running abilities like I don't give a shit like if you go out and you run you know a a 90 minute 5k you're you're walking a 30 minute mile like or, or whatever whatever that is I can't even I can't even think of it as I'm talking in my head um great you got off the sofa. Good for you. Like, I respect you. I love you. I think that you're amazing. I support you. And when I was a couple of years ago, still not liking myself, it wasn't as easy for me to say, hey, good for you for just going out and doing it. Good for you. I couldn't get the good for you's out. They didn't come out. They, they were stuck under there. So this is back to my writer dies. This, this is something that I don't really experience anymore. Um, if I say I, I never say something nasty about somebody else, that would be a lie. Um, I'm pretty sure that every person says something nasty about someone else at some time. And uh, that's fine. You just have to look at yourself when you say it. And I have come in, into great practice of doing that. But I, I try not to. I really try not to. I, I don't, and most of the time I don't have to actively try because I don't want to. I don't want to ever say anything that's not empowering of another individual because I'm an empowering person now. 
But when you have a social circle, your social circle doesn't always evolve with you. Sometimes your social circle doesn't evolve at all. I mean, just remember that as you are changing, other people are not necessarily changing with you. They're changing separate in their own way, in their own time. So it can get to a point, and I've seen this with me where I've had to distance myself from these alleged ride or dies because even though I really am so loyal, I sometimes can't be, I oftentimes can't be around somebody that's always slamming others that are, being, that are having success. Like I can't stomach that anymore. If you are that type of person, it, I can't stomach it. It's disgusting. I hate it and I know it's an insecurity that has to do with you and I know that my inability to stomach it has to do with me because I'm obviously you know reminded of the things in me that are still there but it's also just negative energy and it makes me feel so negative and negative energy is so infectious I was out to dinner recently with somebody that does not have great energy and doesn't really enjoy going out for a meal and everything was wrong for this person like everything went awry like and and for me I mean yeah things weren't 100% perfect but I don't pay attention to that shit like I just want to focus on the people that I'm with and love and you know food that I didn't have to cook and people around me that I have that I have deep care for but this person's negative energy was just overpowering and I tried to counteract with positivity and then this person yelled at me so I was like okay clearly the negative energy is going to encompass this table amazing and that was fine like but it it was fine I mean I I surrender to that but I don't have to actively put myself in that situation all the time and I don't actively put myself in that situation all the time. So there are times where I will, I will distance from these people that I consider ride or dies. I'll distance. I won't hang out with them once a week. I'll hang with the, out with them like once every three months. You know, I can tolerate your negative energy for that, that little bit of time. But I can't tolerate it every week. Because I'm priority number one. So that's kind of, so this is, this went 17 minutes later. We're going to get back to failure. Because I think when I'm talking about these ride or dies, I'm, I think about, oh, well, if I end a friendship, is that a failure? Well, it isn't. It's not a failure if it's self-serving. It's not a failure. And we have this idea that anything that ends is a failure. And this concept of loyalty is a value that is deep in you. Like you've developed this concept of loyalty. You are a loyal person. If you stop being loyal, that's not a failure, especially if it's a self-serving move. And you can do whatever the hell you want. It's a self-serving move, then it is not a failure. If you leave your career after 15 years in the corporate world or as an attorney or as a whatever to go and just become whatever the fuck you want, like what and you want to go and become a bartender, that's not a failure. Because if it's self-serving and it's something that you love to do, then it's not a failure. And it doesn't matter what society fucking thinks. I don't care what society thinks. It doesn't matter. If it is in alignment with your greatest and highest good, then it's not a failure. And that is what we always forget. We always forget in Western society that it's okay to try things out. They don't need to always go places. 
They don't need to be that progress isn't linear. It looks like a jagged line that looks like a fucking, you know, those heart rate monitors in the hospital. That's what it looks like. So yeah, that's, that's failure. Failure is perfectly fine and acceptable. It doesn't have to have a negative connotation. It's just the end of something and the beginning of something else. And it's totally okay. This is where this is all going. Um, I was in a, a group recently and the group is led by uh, a ride or die of mine. And right away, I, I noticed that it was out of alignment. Uh, I was out of alignment. I was out of alignment because I realized very quickly that I couldn't be my authentic self because of, uh, of a dynamic, um, which, which the details are not really relevant. All you all have to really know is that I could not be my authentic self. I couldn't be honest. And I couldn't show up 100%. So right away I knew, oh, this this isn't going to work. Nope, nope, nope. But by like the second week of it, I was like, this definitely isn't going to work. <laughs> like This is not working. Oh, this is not working. This is not working. Mm-mm. We got to go. We got to get the fuck out of here. So I... I, of course, start the process of telling my ride or die, listen, I need to, I need to, I need to bounce. Like, this isn't going to work out. And that was not received well because my ride or die doesn't operate the way that I do. My ride or die operates with you give it 100% no matter what and you do not give up no matter what and you just continue to show up and it doesn't matter. You got to do whatever you got to do to keep this moving and you got to blah, 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 blah. And that's not the way that I look at life. The way I look at life is I don't really care. If it's not serving me, then I'm out. Then I don't care. So this 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 started, but I decided I was gonna I was gonna continue to show up for a little bit longer. I was gonna come back. I was gonna come back for just a little bit. And then I realized after I went back for for one more um, interaction in this place that oh no, this is definitely not gonna work. Definitely, definitely, definitely not gonna work. I am so out. I am so out. Oh, I'm out. And. I, again, spoke to this person, and uh, again, it was not received well. I mean, it was received fine, but it, but it was very much about, well, this is going to disrupt this whole flow. Like, this is going to disrupt this container that was created. This is going to be disruptive to other people. This is going to be disruptive to the other people that are involved in this. And my stance continued with, I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't really give a shit if it's going to be disruptive. And it's not because I don't care about the people. It's because it was disruptive to me. And in that time that I was trying to hold my head above water and do things that were out of alignment with what was in my greatest and highest good, because to not be my 100% authentic self is not in my greatest and highest good, in that time that I was not that I, I mean, this was deeply, 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 I was miserable. I was miserable. I'm going to use the word miserable because I'm going to come back to it. If I'm miserable, it is time to go. That's the one thing that I learned from that abusive job that I stayed in for 12 years. I was miserable and I stayed for the other people. And that was no. And I, and, and because I, I couldn't make motion, but that's a whole other story, you know. But I, a lot of it was the other people and sunk costs, right? We got other people and sunk costs. Loyalty. Other people sunk costs. This is this is the thing. I was miserable, and I was miserable in this. And and you know when the other people were brought up. I mean, I feel, I I do feel bad. I do feel bad. But I 
I cannot. It has to be about me. Because what ended up happening in that time that I was trying to swim and make it work was that, number one, I wasn't doing it for myself. I was doing it for my ride or die. And number two, in that time, I was so... I was doing so much work and expending so much energy to, on, to keep myself in just an okay headspace that everything went to hell. Like couldn't, couldn't get a podcast out on time. I didn't post on Instagram in like two weeks. I mean I wasn't sending – I didn't send an email last week to my list. I mean like everything just started going to hell. Like one thing after another. Like this was all consuming of my thoughts because I was like I want out of here – clearly I can't get out of here and this is out of alignment this is not good because I everything I do is it by intuition like I I know what's right and what's wrong and I knew for 10 years at that horrible job that that was wrong and I and I I just I just couldn't and yes life worked out everything worked out so so well but it 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 was it was painful the whole time and it would have worked out anyway and I don't have regrets for the past, but I have learned from the past. I have that experience that has taught me. So despite all of it, I was like, no, I'm miserable and I'm going to go. And that was a self-serving decision. And I do not view that failure as negative because now I can show back up for my people. I am shining a light into this world that my people need to see. And if I cannot shine that light, then I am not serving them and I'm not serving myself. And I'm kind of like Mr. Spock, you know? And I'm going to do another Star Trek little story after I talk about how I'm like Mr. Spock. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. And if I upset four other people, you know, in this container, I don't give a fuck because I have a lot of people following me in a lot of places that depend on me to show up. And I'm not serving them if I'm not taking care of priority one. And priority one is me. I am priority one. That's it. I'm priority one. So for you guys listening, you know, whether it be a relationship, a job, a friendship, the, the loyalty factor, you don't, you think about the loyalty factor. Loyalty is great, but are you taking care of priority one? Because if you're not taking care of priority one, you're no good to anyone. Especially like if you're a parent and I'm not a parent, but I, I do know so many people that are great parents and everyone knows that they can't be the best for their children if they're not taking care of themselves. Priority one. That is the, that is the person that has to be taken care of. And I, I, ref- I spent so much time in my life not taking care of that person. Like just saying, oh, no, I can just keep giving to other people. I can just keep myself wrapped up in codependency. I can just keep drowning in this because it's fine. It's not fine. Are you taking care of priority one? That's that's who needs to be taken care of so that that light can shine. I can finally show the fuck back up. I'm here now and I can show back up because now I'm taken care of. I'm not out of alignment anymore. I'm good. You know, I'm really, really good and everything is great I'm gonna tell you a story about Star Trek Star Trek is is I love Star Trek so much I'm a huge Trekkie uh on this path uh, to getting things moving in the direction of going into personal development actually the, the one of the first people I, I recorded an episode about him the the guy that I had that conversation with on the riverboat in Doha I don't know if you guys have been listening a long time 
he was a big Trekkie. We bonded over Star Trek. I love Star Trek. I've been listening to Star Trek since, I've been watching Star Trek since I was like five or six years old. I love Star Trek. Gene, Marad- Gene Roddenberry was fucking brilliant, ahead of his time on so much. I mean, Star Trek is gold to me. There's so many, so many lessons in Star Trek. So I'll tell you about Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, It was my first Star Trek. You never forget your first. You know, I just loved, I I think honestly it might be the best. That and Deep Space Nine. I mean, they're like neck and neck in in my life. I really loved both of them for different reasons. But I was watching Star Trek The Next Generation when I was a little kid. And then I watched it again in my adolescence and then I, I, I make a point to rewatch it many many times throughout my life and I love it I love Star Trek The Next Generation but in the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation there was a character called Tasha Yar big Trekkies know about Tasha Yar and Tasha Yar is played by Denise Crosby and she left after the first season now Star Trek The Next Generation grew into such an amazing amazing show I mean the first season was just you know they were just getting their feet wet but Denise Crosby knew that she just hated playing Tasha Yar and fans loved Tasha Yar like there was this episode where Tasha Yar was I mean and and Data just had this very bizarre sexual interaction I mean I'll never forget that moment Tasha Yar was just a she she was a really great character um but Denise Crosby hated playing her and asked to get out of her contract. She was like, I, I don't want to do this. And I read this. I read, she said, I was miserable. And I couldn't wait to get off that show. Like, she was just so miserable. She just couldn't wait. She was like, I can't fucking do this. I can't do this. I'm miserable. And it didn't matter how great Star Trek The Next Generation became. She didn't care. She was miserable. She could have stayed on the show. She could have made a lot of money. She could have played that character till the end, but she didn't. And yeah, her presence on the show affected the show, and her leaving the show affected the show. But she was not going to allow herself to be miserable. That was out of alignment, so she left. She came back as several guest appearances as Tasha Yar over over the, the duration of that series and, and in other times in the franchise, and she was fine with doing that. I mean, she was aware that her presence would always be felt in the Star Trek franchise, but she wasn't going to be miserable. And she made, she did not view that as a failure. She viewed that as a decision in her greatest and highest good. And this is what I mean about, for all of you that are listening, that it's not a failure if you are, go, if you are making decisions that are in alignment with you. Like if it's something that, doesn't serve you get out get the fuck out of there if it's a friendship it's if it's a relationship these are not failures you are priority one it doesn't matter if it's a job especially if it's a job jobs are a dime a dozen you see this happening now because all of these things are abundant you know there is no such thing as scarcity if you want something, there's more of it. So yeah, there's a sacred space, great, but there's another one somewhere. This isn't, it isn't a, this isn't the last love, the last job, the last group, the last sport, the last whatever. This isn't the last chance. Things are abundant. The universe is going to give you everything that you ask for. If that's too much for you, like, that's fine. But that's what I believe. And that's what I have evidence of in my life. You start attracting what you focus on. Things are abundant. 
you look inside and you find where you are, things that are in alignment with that will come. So that's what I have to say about failure, you know. Fail gracefully. Fail often. Enjoy the failure. Enjoy it because it's fine. This job, that guy, that group, that show, there's more. There's, there's more. There's more coming. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Take the chance. Take the risk. Self-publish the book. You know, put out another podcast episode. If you did like 10 interviews, you don't have any more, sit here and talk by yourself. There are people listening. There's somebody listening right now that needs to hear these words. So I showed up for that person because I'm now taken care of. So I can. I can. I can because I'm taken care of. And now I can be here for you. So if you guys want to talk about anything, you can reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. Visit me on my website. Take a look at all my stuff. See what I'm about. I finally rewrote the copy after like a year. So I'm really excited about that. I actually... My website is turning a year old in just a couple of weeks, so I'm really excited about that. Get the fuck off. Actually lasted a whole year. Amazing. But if I give up tomorrow, it's not a failure. I mean, I, I you know, that's the whole point of the, uh, the episode is that we're just showing up every day and it's great and it's awesome. It's so awesome. So reach out to me if there's anything, guys. Anything. You want to be on the podcast? Reach out. You want to have a conversation about your life? Reach out. You want to shoot the shit with me? Reach out. You want to go to dinner with me? Probably not going to happen. But you know. Either way, let's uh, let's connect because it's good. And we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. And I'm here for it. I'm always here. But uh, I will be back next week, guys, with another episode. Until then, take care of yourselves. And don't be afraid to make decisions for you because you really deserve it. You know, I'll be back next time. Take care, everybody.